Blog Talk Radio. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.
They gave him the Nobel Peace Prize without him doing anything, and he took it. He changed health care for millions of Americans, even though they liked what they had. He says he will tell Iran to quit making nukes, and they will stop, because he is just that good. To him, the Supreme Court is nothing but an unelected group of people. You want president? He is the president. He picked Joe Biden to be his vice president, just to show that he doesn't really need one. He wants us to believe no one else in America would have made the Bin Laden call. He is the most arrogant man in the world. <laughs> I ultimately get what I want. Stay ignorant, my friends. Good evening, folks, and welcome to the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. I'm your host, Dr. C. Robert Jones. Uh, wow. Let's get right down to it. Today's date, July 23rd. Beautiful Old Town Alexandria is where I'm broadcasting from. United States of America, planet Earth, third planet from the sun. I'm using a new, um, well, it's not a new program. It's been on my computer for quite some time. It's called Megaseg. And I've been using Megaseg for, I mean, I've had it on my on on, on my uh, Macs for quite some time, but I, I never really, you know, started using it for broadcasting until now. It's a really cool program. You use it, and it uh, sort of uh, puts all your promos and you know audio uh, audio clips in uh, in order, and it'll play them in the order that you choose at the time of your choosing. It's really cool. I don't really have to do very much. Prior to using Megaseg to for my blog talk broadcast, I was using simply iTunes, and I was looking for the, uh, you know, which clip I was going to play, and you know, just kind of clicking on it and all that, and you know, it was very manual, which was really cool. It worked out okay, but often, you know, if I wasn't really paying attention, 
the uh, next clip would run, you know, before, you know, just as after the other was uh, the previous clip was done, and uh, you know, but and I and I'd want to start talking, and you know, it's sort of like um, kind of messy, but not everything's working great with this mega safe. But anyway, hey, rough weekend this weekend. Y'all know what happened, and um, I think I speak for a lot of folks when I say that our hearts go out to the families in Colorado. Um, I know everyone feels badly for what happened there at the movie theater, but honestly, when you have children, you know, adult children, 21, 22, 23, 24, like I do, uh, you know, you wonder about these things because there were very few small children at the theater at that time. And that can happen almost anywhere, not just Colorado, but in, in any in any place. However, this tragedy aside, this clearly disturbed individual, um, well, he's going to get what he deserves. But uh, I, I had a I must admit to having some selfish thoughts. Immediately I thought that, well, we're getting to the point or we're going to get to the point where the next time we, in the, in the near future, when we're going into a movie theater, um, we'll be pretty much checked like we're going to the airport. You know, like we're going to get on a flight. You know, I, I got a feeling that there'll be metal detectors and <laughs> pat downs. I don't know. Am I wrong? That pretty much going to the movie theater like we used to is not going to. It's not going to be the same. Um, but that was my my selfish thought. Then I had another thought that I don't think is so selfish. The 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 political ramifications of all this. Aside from the family's grief and the, you know, my thoughts regarding what occurred, my personal feelings about the the young lives that were lost, the heroism that was on display. Aside from all that. Well, I don't know what else to say about it. I'm just uh, I'm just at a loss to uh, really speak to the issue any more than I already have. I was, however, struck by the uh, Tea Party reference that was made when the bodies of the young men and women and even the small children... I think there were one or two. Well, they weren't even all taken from the scene before Brian Ross comes out and suggested that the young man who was responsible may have been a member, a member of the Tea Party. 
Let's play the clip. I'm told by several federal officials that the name they believe uh, that this young man had is James Holmes, H-O-L-M-E-S. That prompted newsrooms to start scouring the Internet and social media in search of anything about the suspect, leading ABC News' Brian Ross to report this. There is a Jim Holmes of Aurora, Colorado uh, page uh, on the Colorado Tea Party site as well, talking about him joining the Tea Party uh, last year. Now, we don't know if this is the same Jim Holmes, but it's uh, Jim Holmes of Aurora, Colorado. But it wasn't the shooter, and Ross corrected himself two hours later. An earlier report that, that I had was incorrect, that he was connected with the Tea Party. In fact, that's a different Jim Holmes. He is not connected to the Tea Party. It's not like we haven't been here before. After the Ohio school shooting in February, several major news outlets ran pictures they found online of the alleged shooter. The photos were a hoax. You're seeing things on Facebook and Twitter. You kind of need to, you know, check where they're coming from. But getting that wrong may have been just his first transgression. To get a gun in that area, no problem. There are at least 20 gun shops in the immediate area. And it's legal in Colorado to drive around with a gun in your car. But raising the possibility that lax gun laws or Tea Partyology played a role in the shooting may not jive with the facts. It's the same leak that burned the media after the Gabby Gifford shooting last year. Has political speech in this country become too charged, too toxic? It turns out alleged shooter Jared Lee Loeffner was schizophrenic and likely stark raving mad. As for what motivated Jim Holmes, we don't know yet. Too bad it's so tempting to speculate. Brian Ross, you know, I've talked about the Internet as an open sewer before on this show. He decided to go fishing, caught a fish out of the sewer, and ate it without cooking it. It's <laughs> hard to believe that anyone would do that. It's amazing. Actually, he's a good reporter. I, well, then what had he must have had a... And we're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? I mean, the bodies weren't even cold. The crime scene hadn't even been tapered off yet. And that clown chooses... He should have been fired right then and there. Right then and there, he should have been relieved of his post, his position. Tea party? Why? At that juncture, at that point in time, when families are dealing with the tragedies of losing their loved ones, their children... Would he bring up a reference to the tea party? How irresponsible was that? And now we have people like Martha Stewart coming out saying that, well, we got some gun issues here. We need to relieve people of their guns. We need to enact new gun laws. This is what some of the things that really chafe my ass. About liberals. Clearly the Batman dude, the Batman killer as he's being called, is out there where the buses don't run. But Martha Stewart, um, Mr. Alexander from Seinfeld, calling for gun crackdowns. Liberals also, all over the country. Here's the deal, folks. It's a lot easier to get a gun now. Well, no. Guns have always been a part of American culture. 
Think about the Old West, when everybody had a gun. Hell, cows had guns, chickens. Everybody had a gun. And they clearly lit them off a time or two. Lots of killings going on. Killings where folks didn't go to jail. But here's the thing. Let's just say, let's go, let's take a ride over to Fantasyland. The Batman killer, as he's being labeled, can't get access to a gun. He, the retailers won't sell him a firearm because there's been a gun crackdown. What's he going to do? He still wants to knock off a whole lot of people, right? That desire is still there, but he doesn't have a gun. So what liberals think is going to happen here, this guy has the urge to kill a whole lot of folks in a movie theater, but he doesn't have access to a gun. So what liberal, liberal, the liberal, the liberal idea here is that he's just going to say, oh, shucks, and go home, you know, go to bed. Or maybe he'll get a ticket and go watch the movie. Get some popcorn, you know, some nachos, a big giant, you know, cup of Coke. It'll cost him about 50 bucks. He'll sit and watch the movie because, well, there's been a gun crackdown and damn it, he can't get his hands on a gun and kill all the people sitting around him. So he's either just going to go watch the movie or he's going to go home. Or maybe he'll go over to a local bar and drink himself into a stupor. And all will be well. And that whole gun crackdown thing? Will have saved so many lives, right? No. Here's what the guy's going to do. He's going to do exactly what he did. He's going to get some household items, some nails, a couple of cans, maybe a couple dozen cans, some fertilizer, all the stuff you can buy at your local hardware store, maybe even a feed store down the road. He's going to make a whole bunch of bombs, plant them all over the place, all over the theater. Because he can't get himself, he can't get his hands on a gun, right? Because there's a gun crackdown. So he's just gonna light a whole bunch of bombs and blow the place sky high. Because he's still got the urge to kill. He still has the urge to end lives, and not having a gun isn't gonna stop someone like that. Liberals don't seem to understand that. The guy didn't use a gun. When he booby-trapped his apartment, so that it would blow the officers who showed up to Kingdom Come to help facilitate him making good his escape. Most likely, had the tripwire been tripped at his apartment and the bombs gone off, would have killed just as many, if not more, citizens than at the movie theater. Would not have nary a gun in sight. Here's the folly of all this. Guns don't kill people. People kill people. Guess what? We've been killing each other for centuries. Centuries before gunpowder and guns were invented. We will always kill each other. And without a gun, we will find some other way. So, Knock it off with this gun crap. Because frankly, we're not giving up our guns. It's not going to happen. A whole lot of asses will be blown up. Bullets and asses 
across the country if you try to take our guns away. I'm not saying I would do it. Of course not. I'm not the kind of guy. But I suspect that there are citizens out there, quite a few, who won't take kindly to having their guns confiscated. It's not going to happen. Let it go. Find some other way to deal with this situation. Once again, I'll repeat, as a historian, my official historian cover. People have been killing people for centuries without the aid of gunplay. Think of all those folks that got knocked off before gunpowder was invented. Thank you. So, article from the American Thinker. Where there are sheep, wolves will always thrive. By Michael Faisal. I hope I pronounced his name right. I was reading earlier today, trying to come up with an idea for the show tonight, and getting some aids from from uh, one of my favorite articles here. Uh, Christopher Arps, a good friend of mine, uh, wrote a nice article here uh, also. Uh, wrote, uh, Here Comes the uh, Black Conservatives. Really good article there. He goes on to write, Another mass homicide and another round of the usual media dribble. It was a senseless tragedy. Shocking. The suspect was quiet and a loner. He must have just snapped. More pictures from the suspect's high school yearbook, more predictable cries for gun control. (sighs) Frankly, I'm sick of it. Guess what, people? Evil exists. And what we saw was pure evil. And people choose to freely commit it. They always have, and they always will. I know that's a bizarre concept in post-Christian America, where we're taught that nothing is really evil, or even immoral, except the lack of diversity, maybe. And that someone is really good. Everyone is really good. Evil is simply an idea concocted by Hollywood scriptwriters for our entertainment. And if a gunman walks into a movie theater throwing gas grenades, it must be all part of the act. I once read an account of a mass shooting in Australia back in 1996. And an eyewitness stated that as the gunman began killing people, Bystanders began laughing. They thought it was some kind of stunt. It wasn't. They simply weren't conditioned to process the fact that they were witnessing the actual murders with their own eyes. The fact, the fact is that postmodern society has created an artificial reality. Americans and residents of Western nations live in air-conditioned buildings, eat processed foods, drive instead of walk, wait for the government to check out uh, to check to come in the mail, a government check to come in the mail, and glut themselves into morbid obesity. They hire out a handful of volunteers to fight wars for them, and they hire out illegal aliens to mine their children and do their gardening. They walk around zombie-like. Faces glued to iPhones, they 
fly around at 35,000 feet at 600 miles per hour above the clouds, where it's 40 below zero. And they get bored. And they bitch about airplane food. Evil. Evil thrives on vulnerability. And we're vulnerable because we're so detached from actual reality. After the 911 attacks turned the World Trade Center into an ash heap, a common reaction was, duh, it was just like a movie. September 11 was the second attack on the World Trade Center in eight years. And thousands of people, a hundred stories up, literally swaying in the breeze. And millions of their fellow Americans still didn't get it. I distinctly recall walking back, walking, walking a backcountry road on a small game hunt about a week after 9-11, rifle in hand, cognizant of the usual quiet as all aircraft remained grounded, thinking, why don't you bastards try something now? Of course they wouldn't have. Evil. Evil avoids confrontation. It hides from uh, uh, countervailing strength. It waits for the moment when you least expect it to seize its opportunity. And by failing to stand guard against it or acknowledge its presence, you, me, the victims enable it. Our forefathers hack this nation out of the wilderness inhabited by Stone Age tribesmen. They were in touch with reality. They fought wars, hunted their own meat, built their own homes, cleared their own forest, saddle broke their own horses, buried their own children, and buried their own dead. If they made a mistake, it could easily cost them their lives. Reality Good, evil, pain, work, reward, suffering, joy was in their face 24-7. It wasn't artificially manufactured form. They sure as hell weren't watching some Batman fantasy in a movie theater at midnight after a day eating Whoppers in the food court at the mall. Make no mistake. The great danger of the Batman shooting is that the still deluded folks among us will believe that more government power and more gun control will solve the problem. Example, New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg didn't even wait for the bodies in Aurora, Colorado to cool before he began his usual braying for gun control. Well, if guns are the problem, perhaps Mayor Bloomberg could lead by example and disband the armed NYPD security detail that protects him 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Perhaps someone should remind him that armed NYPD men remind them what armed NYPD men did to Amadalo Diallo and Abner Lumina. Or remind him about the Happy Land Social Club fire 
in which 87 people were killed, not by a gun, but by, by, but by $5 worth of gasoline. Or the Oklahoma City bombing in which 168 people were killed by diesel fuel and fertilizer. Or the 3,000 plus killed on 9-11 by box cutters and airplanes. Guns played no part. None. Now the numerous journalists who think that we need to enact sensible gun laws like other countries should be reminded that mass shootings have occurred in Germany, Norway, Australia, Canada, and Great Britain. Even after gun control laws far stricter than those in the U.S. were enacted. Anyone who thinks that only the government should have guns or that government officials wouldn't possibly commit acts of evil with guns ought to familiarize themselves with the following. Catan Forest, Homodor, Khmer Rouge, Cultural Revolution, Tiananmen Square, and on and on and on. The lesson of the Batman shooting is this, where there's large sheep herd, the wolves will always thrive. Do we want to be sheep? I think not. With that said, we'll take a short break and then we'll come right back. And we'll talk about some other things. It seems Bob USMC's got quite a bit to say. <laughs> oh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Steve Robert Jones Situation Report. Somebody else made that happen. 
think of you every day and night. November, baby. Hey, it's me, Dr. C. Robert Jones, your host for the evening. The call-in number is 347-884-8500. Hey, check this out. I was speaking with Tau Killer earlier today. Well, actually, you know, chatting with him on Skype. And I informed him that the president had virtually put his own foot in his own ass when he made that statement about you didn't build that on your own for small businesses and how we conservatives will be dining out on that all the way up to election time because the clown Obama went off prompter and said what he really thought and completely made an ass of himself as usual, when he goes off script. And the backlash is still being felt all two weeks later. And you know what? I love it. You know, Rush, my man Rush Limbaugh, and do I say he's a personal friend of mine? Oh, hell yeah. I'm dropping him. I'm dropping the name. Bam. Pow. 
I'm dropping it. His name is Drop. Family been playing. Yeah. Yeah. His name is Dropped. Rush Limbaugh. My main man. Here's the thing. Rush predicted this. What? Three years ago? Three and a half years ago? When Rush said that at some point, Obama's just going to come right out and say it. He's just going to come right out and say it. Who and what he really is. And he did. He did. He came right out and he put it out there. And now we're dealing with the sweet ramifications. Because it is sweet. Fox News has been all over this. So I want to go ahead and play a little clip of how even Democrats are completely and utterly beside themselves of grief and glee, all at the same time, that Barack Hussein Obama has said something so very stupid. So, let's do the damn thing. Oh man, I'm starting to sound like G-Ski. Did you hear what I just said? Instead, I should have, if I said, let's do the doggone thing, then I would have like been parroting him. What is going on? Okay. All right. Now let me gather myself. <laughs> I mean, I've been using that a lot since he said that on his show. He was having a little bit of a cough or, or a sneeze or something. He said, let me, let me take a break while I gather myself. And I've been using that for the, I've been using that for a while. But anyway, hey, go ahead. Let's check out this clip. And then we'll talk about it. How we're going to be talking about this. We're going to be we're going to be salivating over this statement the clown made. I mean, oh, President Obama made um, for the next three or four months because it's juicy, it's delicious, and I love it. Here we go. Help to create this unbelievable American system that we had that allowed you to thrive. Somebody invested in roads and bridges. If you got a business that you didn't build that, somebody else made that happen. The Internet can get invented on its own. Government research created the Internet, so then all the companies could make money off the Internet. That was President Obama telling America's small businesses and entrepreneurs, you didn't get here on your own, but rather the helping hand of government made your path to success possible. This is all in an effort to justify his call for increasing taxes on the so-called rich in this country. That moment came from a speech in Virginia last Friday, and it's generated a growing debate in the days since. Joining me now for a fair and balanced debate, Melissa Francis, host of Here We Go, Melissa. Money with Melissa Francis on the Fox News. <laughs> also, Charles Payne, who's a business owner himself, as well as a Fox Business Network contributor. And Hank Shankoff. I always mess that up, Hank. Shankoff. Me too. Democrat strategist for the Clinton-Gore <laughs> presidential campaign. Welcome all. Thanks. All right, so let me tell you what Rush Limbaugh just said about this. Um, We don't have the soundbite, but this is what he says. I think it can now be said without equivocation, this man hates this country. He is trying to dismantle brick by brick the American dream. Now, Russia is going to say what Russia is going to say, but this is where the right is going to go with this comment. And and you had Lou Dobbs on earlier saying this is going to be a seminal moment in this campaign where Barack Obama is looking at small business owners, you know, the backbone of the economy and saying, you didn't do it by yourself, and you owe. There's some sort of 
you know, obligation to pay more taxes because your employees rode on bridges and roads and so on. You heard the president espouse it earlier, Melissa. You know, I don't think anybody who's had any success in their life says to themselves, I did this all by myself. But I do think that by saying this, he's alienating millions of small business people across the country. I also think the government has to take credit for revenue that comes from businesses because the government doesn't do anything on its own. It doesn't create any economic rent. It doesn't generate any revenue. I mean, all it does is take tax money from me. That's how they generate revenue. Mm -hmm. But I think that this is a, a big moment, and he's alienated a lot of people. Well, there's, a, there's a, a question about how small business owners like yourself, Charles, feel when they hear that. It's, there's sort of a presumption built in that you are not paying your fair share and you are not giving back to the American public that helped you get where you are. Well, one of the ironies, of course, is when the president talks about someone building those roads and bridges, it's the businesses. Who built them? <laughs> right. I mean, that's where the tax money came from. The people who work, the people who are successful, that's how they got built in the first place. Uh, you know, it's not the people that are not working. You know, it's really offensive. Uh, if, or first of all, I mean, despicable, offensive. Ignorant. The statement is, you know, I've heard Elizabeth Warren say it. I'm really I, upset. I, no, I am upset because I know how hard I bust. I've been working. I, you know, I mean, working 10 years without a vacation, around the clock. I've sacrificed my relationships. I've sacrificed relationships with spouses, kids, everything. I speak for all small business people. It is a, it's crap. It's the, it's the ultimate insult that the president has to dig this low, and it's, and it's ridiculous. It's you no. Know, it's, it's so infuriating because it also gives credence to people who don't work hard. In other words, see, here's the thing. If you can't take credit for your success because of society, then you can't be credited for your failure because of society. Not only is he hurting people who are trying hard, but he's giving a free pass to people that aren't. Hank, you're a Democrat. Why are you shaking your head yes when you heard everything he just said? Look, Russia's extreme. Dobbs is correct. That is, this is the defining moment because what's being told to people – particularly in the, mid, in the mid section of this country, is that their efforts aren't significant enough. And the problem here is that the Democrats in the House and Senate ought to be telling the President of the United States to stop saying these things because he's cutting them out of the possibility of picking up seats every time he attacks really? localized small businesses. You think this is a big oh, moment think, in his campaign? I think this is an extraordinary moment, and, and what he's done is moved himself further to the left than is necessary. The winning strategy is always down the center, Southern Protestants, Northern Catholics. It's the map that uh, that Richard Nixon put together in 1968. It's the map that Bill Clinton used. The map that everybody else has used. He's putting another. He's he's putting another rift in that map. Not so good. And he, he's pitting poor against rich in a way that is not usable or helpful. He came out last week when he called for raising taxes on those making over $250,000 a year, Melissa, and talked about how it's not class warfare and it's not anything against small businesses. I've lowered taxes on small businesses 18 times, he says, but. Uh, we're at a point now in the economy where we've got to do it. This whole thing was an effort to justify that call for increased taxes. Yeah. I, I mean, does he gain, does he convince any small business owners, maybe maybe left-wing, you know, the left-leaning small business owners, that they need to pay more? I don't think you convince anyone with anything like this. You don't convince anyone who owns a business. Maybe you you know, fire up your base. Maybe you fire up people in the extreme left. Because if you really break down what he said, it has a very socialist theme to it. And that's what I think. Anyone who knows anything about economics, you have to pay it forward. Well, I, I mean, do you, 
small business owners do. I mean, hire people. Every dollar that you spend in Washington in tax is a dollar that you're not spending giving somebody in your business an hour of overtime, buying another computer, buying more software. It's not like that money would have gone nowhere. It would just be sitting on the sidelines. It would be deployed somewhere else in the economy. And every small business owner knows that that's a choice, that they're not spending it somewhere else. He's talked about this repeatedly, Charles, where he talked about how you, you, know, you do need to be your brother's keeper and you're not on your own. And that's sort of the America that right. he sees. And then you hear a response by folks saying, that's fine, but I, I mean, will the choose the me. ones that I look right. after. I, you know, America is the most generous country on earth. You know, the president says there are a lot of rich people that agree with him and that they want to give back. Listen, no, one, no rich person, even Warren Buffett's not talking about giving his fortune to the U.S. government. He's going to give all his money to Bill Gates. No rich person is saying, I want to give the government more. Now, they do a lot. You know, this is the dismiss. Whatever you he do, suggests Jerry. it is. When President Obama spoke, he actually suggests that there are some. He said um, he talked about how uh, there are a lot of wealthy, successful Americans who agree with me because they want to give something right. back. But they don't want to give it to the government. They do want to give something back. I give something back. I'm sure everybody in this room gives things back. But we don't want to give the money to the government well, to, 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 to spend on things that are ridiculous. We know that there are better ways to create opportunity. But I'm telling you the real victims here are. Those small kids out there, young, young adults out there who might have something of a bug that I want to be extraordinary. For what? Why? If they're going to snatch it from you and then browbeat you, why go for it? The, the, the real victims here are small, small business owners, mom and pop stores and others who are going to be put out of business ultimately because they can't afford to pay the taxes, provide the health care insurance, and provide the benefits required. And no that one's is, going to want to follow them and up. And that is a very, very serious thing. That's a different issue, and that is a, not a Republican or a Democratic issue, but an issue for the country. If we're going to see malls and we're going to see stores that are the chain stores that are going to be in business, we're going to see people earning minimum wage and minimum wage jobs with lower benefits because that's how that system. But wait, because you you help get President Clinton. Well, I'm, I'm fortunate. I've worked for you know I've worked 600, 700 campaigns. Okay, but but, but 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 and th th this president has continuously said, all I want to do with these tax hikes that I'm proposing is bring us back to the Clinton era. And business was booming, and the economy was booming. Sure. So don't act like this is some huge bit. Now, the messaging on the small business is a different thing. But the Clinton he tax, says this is the, not the, that. The Clinton, the Clinton tax order. increase was required to ensure that we, we – you know, and if you look at the outcome of the Clinton years, this was not a debtor nation. This was a creditor nation. The economy had not been better. We had avoided extraordinary military adventure. He's got a problem. It's called we have a deficit that is outrageous, and we have a debt problem that is not insignificant. Is well, it, not growing. I'm not going to ask you to sign on to Russia's comments, yeah. uh, but is there anything to this notion by some of the right that, you know, President Obama just sees the economy in a different way? He does, absolutely. I mean, it's the difference between believing in a free market economy and believing the Keynes model. And I think that, you know, even if Keynes were here today, he would say that you can only spend to grow the economy when you're not deeply in debt. I mean, that revenue that you're going to spend comes from somewhere. It comes from taxpayers. At this point, if you levy higher taxes, it contracts the economy. I mean, this is the ongoing debate. I there's plenty of data around to show that Keynes doesn't work. The other side would argue the opposite. But it does really show the fundamental difference between someone who wants enterprise to prosper, wants businesses to grow, the economy to grow, more jobs, versus somebody who thinks that the government does the best for the economy as a whole, the government controlling it is the best way to go. But they're just totally different blocks. Got to run quickly. What were you going to say? It's a way to punish people who want to put their life, would have put their lives on hold to put the 16, 17, 18, 20 hours in a day, seven days a week that requires, that's required to build something. Mm -hmm. That's what's, that's what it's actually You make an interesting point. You make a, you talk about your own personal history and your own I, personal I, I sacrifices. I agree a thousand percent with that. And the president is saying, I don't have any faith in the American people. Only the government can do it.
And I think that's scary. My grandfather came here in a boat with nothing, and he built something 18 hours a day, seven days a week. You know what? People ought to have that opportunity. Wow. Thank you. It's not often we get that uh, agreement across the ideological line. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. All right. We're back with the C. Robert Jones Situation Report. Folks, call in numbers 347-884-8500, even though we have just about 11 minutes left. I have talked to blacks, black folk, Negroes, African-Americans. However, they are outraged, for the most part, that the president would say something so stupid. Did I I mention I talked to black folks who are outraged? Now, they were not outraged so much by the whole gay marriage thing and that the president came out of the closet speak. Not that. Not about Reverend Wright. But when they talk about when he talked about small businesses not doing things on their you know not not being you know <laughs> exceptional or responsible or all of that, they were pissed at least every liberal that I spoke with first they were upset because they believe it's going to cost him quite a few votes, and more importantly, they're annoyed that he would even think something so stupid, but we knew about it all along. We knew that this was this is what this guy was all about, and Rush knew about it three and a half years ago. He said, he predicted that the guy's just going to get so pissed one day, or he's going to go off message, he's going to go off script, he's going to go off prompter, and then he's going to say something just like what he said. And he did. With just three and a half months to go, Before election time, Obama has put his foot in his own ass, and I suspect that he's going to pay a heavy price for it. A heavy price. You know, folks were saying that all Mitt Romney has to do is just not be Obama, and he's going to win. I never thought that. Never thought of it for one minute. But... All 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 Barack Obama has needs to do is have that teleprompter crap out. If somebody sabotages his teleprompter, you know, kind of trips over the cord, you know, or unplugs it, and just let them start talking. Have you ever noticed that Obama doesn't speak the exact the same way when he doesn't have that prompter going? He starts to slur his speech. He starts, you know, dropping his R's. <laughs> He's like the damn that damn dude behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz. You know? And he exposed himself. <laughs> he exposed himself with these remarks. And I don't know how long I'll be able to enjoy this. But I suspect it's going to go on for quite some time. People are very unhappy with this kind of thing. Very, very unhappy. And and actually quite shocked. Because the president shouldn't be coming out saying really stupid shit like this. I mean, Obama has engaged in a war on exceptionalism since his first day in office. And he's turned his sights numerous times on exceptional Americans exceptional Americans. If you built a successful business, it wasn't your dream or your sweat. 
Somebody else made it happen. Government made it happen. The internet, the roads, the teachers. Notice how he just kind of going down that uh, that road, union teacher, road builder deal. Very clever, but very stupid. Because, I'll say it one more time, I pay my taxes, I write a check to the government quarterly, quarterly, and it's a sizable amount. So I happen to think that I paid for, I'm paying for all sorts of research and development. You know, like my father and grandfather paid for, uh, paid taxes that helped uh, NASA develop aluminum foil and tang. (laughs) You know, all that stuff. If it wasn't for their tax dollars for the businesses they own, that they paid taxes on, all that the man going to the moon probably wouldn't happen. You know, a whole lot of stuff. You know, it's like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Barack Obama believes that the egg came first, or the chicken. You know, you get, I think you get where I'm going with this. I'm I'm confused right now because I'm <laughs> I'm annoyed by all this. It's it's annoying and it's quite funny. And so you've got people who are just plain old pissed because the clown in the White House made a clown of himself. This was stunning. It was a colossal slap in the face to millions of small business owners who get up every day and by the sweat of their brow and the drive of their ambition still pursue the American dream and Barack Obama just crapped all over them. He just squatted down and crapped. The President of the United States, picture him dropping trowel and squatting on small business owners and taking a giant dump on them. That's exactly what he did. Well, show's just about over. 2020 Radio Net- Network, great show. I think he's broadcasting tonight. If not, certainly Wednesday. 9 p.m. right after my show. He's the best. He's the best. G-Ski. G-Ski rocks and the captain. 2020 Radio Network. Also, GTT 183. 11.30 tonight. Cool Mike and Sarge. Wow. I only wish I could stay awake and listen to their show. It's great. I listen to the show, you know, the next day. But if you're awake around 11.30, like I won't be, Tune into the show. It is fan fantastic. So, once again, I want to thank everybody for listening and tuning into the show tonight. You've all been great, and I do appreciate it. And uh, let's say a prayer tonight for the um, for the fine folks in Colorado. And uh, we'll talk more about that um, tomorrow. When we get some more information about the uh, the clown killer, or so that's what they're calling him. Well, folks, once again, thank you so much for listening. Um, tune in tomorrow. We'll have a lot more to say. Call in. It's great. I love it when uh, folks call in and voice their opinions. I want to thank you all once again. Have a great night. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. We're out.
Uh, hello? Mr. President, this is Jimmy Carter. Uh, how'd you get my number? The, the vice president gave it to me. Oh.